I'm Jay Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. Are you excited for our hang? I am. Finally <laughs> going to Bernie's. We're going to Bernie's. Um, we, I guess we just should like, say it. Okay, so, hi everyone. <laughs> um... Um, so just to get it out of the way, um, this is going, no, this is too, it's too abrupt if I just say that. Um, what do I say? (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. We just want to get it out of the way at the top and just let you know that sadly, this is the last episode of going out with Jake Cornell. Um, which like, I'm sorry, we didn't give you any warning. Um, we didn't want to like make a big deal out of it, I guess. Um, but yeah, this is the last episode. It's a great episode where Katie and I are going to hang out and chat for a few minutes. Um, but this is the last episode. Katie's moving to Philly. There was some other stuff at play and it just made sense for this to be the last one. Um, and uh, before Katie and I like get into it, I want to say thank you so much to everyone who's been listening. Um, I've met a lot of you. A lot of you have DM'd me over the year and a half that we've been doing this. And I've like, and even last, wait, last night at the show, I got to... Wait, it's so funny how I just like dropped out of radio voice to tell you a story. <laughs> no, but it's like, but last night a listener came up to me and was like, came to my show and was like, I listened to the podcast and we talked for a second. And then she's like, okay, but I do have to leave because I have a dick appointment. And I was like, I love you. I love her. Um, no, but the people who have like listened to this podcast, like you have all been so amazing and like so consistent and so great. And I can't thank you enough. Um, it's been so nice to have you here and to, and it's, it, it has meant a lot to us that you guys have listened and, you know, told us about the restaurants you've been going to because of it and sent us recommendations and all that stuff. It's been really, really nice. And so I want to thank you. And I also want to sincerely thank Vine Pair at large, especially um, Adam and Josh. This podcast changed my life in a lot of ways. And I'm, I'll always, always, always be grateful for them. And working with you guys has been amazing and really nice and wonderful and just like a great experience. And then of course I want to thank you, Katie, because you have been the best and becoming friends with you has been one of the best parts of this. And you've been a dream to work with and you have a long and exciting career ahead of you. Ditto. (laughs) I'm going to miss you and I'm going to miss doing this. I think I'm going to really miss like speaking into a microphone. I don't know. You can start a podcast. The world has enough, but you can start. Yeah, I was about to say like nobody needs to hear from me, babe. (laughs) Um, Although this has been, this has just been really fun. And honestly, like, just getting to produce this podcast and listening to all the episodes and getting to sit in on all the conversations you have is, I mean, I, you can hear me in the background cracking up most of the time, but like, I also feel like it's really given me like a roadmap for how I dine in New York. That's, I mean, yeah, I love that. And I hope you map it onto Philly. And also, we also have to obviously thank Keith Beavers, who was a huge part of the podcast as well. Keith. Sweet angel. Um, but yeah, and so, Penny Lane for being our and Penny producer. Lane for the executive producer of the whole book. <laughs> Look at her. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it has been such a fun journey, and who knows, maybe one day we'll come back and and do a reunion or something. I don't know. Um, I would love. <laughs> um, but to celebrate, Katie and I are recording this intro, and then we are going to Bernie's because Katie has never been, and it felt like the perfect ending to this podcast that accidentally became like a Bernie's fan podcast. <laughs> Honestly, it became a Bernie's fan club, and I always felt left out, so. Yeah, people, it's it's like 
one upside of the podcast ending is that maybe it was getting a little embarrassing how much people would be like, you really like that restaurant. You're really there a lot. <laughs> well, it's just like when you have to do an interview every week where someone asks you your favorite restaurant and it's like, well, you have to answer the same, otherwise you were lying. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I did sort of trap myself in that corner with that. Um, Somebody asked recently, they were like, does Jake just have like a table reserved for him <laughs> at all times at Bernie's? Because it's actually really hard to get in there. And no, I was it is like, hard to get in. They were like, he makes it seem like you can just like whiz in like whenever you want because he's there all the time. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Um, wait, did I tell you that I was in because like on the weekend there's like a line to get into Bernie's like at five they like to like get your table okay and the woman in front of me in line was like are you, she like was like are you Jay Cornell and I was like yeah and she was like you made a cameo for me during the pandemic for like your friend my friends bought a cameo of you <laughs> oh like, like actually like, a cameo. cameo yeah yeah and was like because I was pregnant and like it was this whole thing about how she was gonna have a I think a Leo son. And she okay. was like freaking out and I gave her this whole pep talk. And then she was like, this is the Leo son. And the baby was like two years old. Like it, it was just crazy like how long time ago, but like I got to like, meet this child. I had like made a cameo about oh it. was kind God. of crazy. That's hilarious. Yeah. Wait, speaking of cameo. So I have a friend who's a bi-con and she hasn't like <laughs> told her family yet that she's like dating girls. Okay. And she like doesn't, she was like, she was like, at this point, like, I don't really care. It's just more like. No, coming out was such a pain in the ass. She's like, I'm just like awkward. And I like, don't yeah. really know how to like tell my parents. So we've decided we want to get like a cameo of a very random celebrity and just have her send it. <laughs> to be like, <laughs> like we were thinking like Abby Lee Miller or something from Dance not Moms. Abby Lee Miller. That's toxic. <laughs> to be, just it, to needs, be. it needs to be someone who is not evil. No, I think it'd be hilarious if it was like Abby Lee Miller. It should be Luann. Oh my god! It should be Luann. Just be like, hey, um, your, hey your, your, do your daughter um, is actually into women. Like, super, <laughs> super, not a big deal. But she want to let you know. <laughs> Can you imagine? I've had some pretty person. I've had some like very, very personal requests on Inst on Cameo, but that is not one of them. <laughs> Maybe I'll have her have you do it. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> you're not going to come out for. Her. Well, no, I'm just you're not like famous I had to do enough. It, it should be. It should be a housewife. It should be a housewife. It should be a TLC star. It should be someone a little <laughs> like. If she's sending me her parents, she'd be like, "Did you just have your friend do this? Like, who is this person? <laughs> yeah, who is this guy? It wouldn't be good." <laughs> I really hope she actually does it, though. No, that's. I would. I mean, I think that's genuinely very funny. Yeah, and her family's the type of family that would like. I think actually take well to it. Then she should 100 percent do that. Yeah. All right. If you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you go to any good restaurants this week? Um, I'm trying to think. Okay, so I, you know Martini's, the new? I've heard about it. It's not that gone. new, I guess, anymore, but it's a bar. I went to an event there actually last night or two nights, no, two nights ago. Mm -hmm. um, and there was like all these bartenders that were making their own cocktails with shochu, which is uh, like a Japanese spirit that can be made with like rice or barley or sweet mm -hmm. potato and basically they gave like a talk about the spirit because it's like pretty little known in the u.s still. and it's like soju is the one that like at beer and wine places they can use it in like soju cocktails right because it's like technically not a liquor so soju and shochu are like two oh, different things you're, you're not saying soju soju is like the korean like sweet like okay wait okay i thought it was korean and i wasn't going to correct you because you'd gone to the event but i was like isn't it korean you're talking yeah. about something completely different yeah it's like this shochu. is shochu okay. i think i'm saying it right um and, and it's a full 40 percent spirit so it's it's a light it's a lower abv spirit they have versions that are like full, full 40 yeah and those ones are de were developed more apparently for like the american market where cocktails understood. are a big deal understood um so but all these bartenders 
like pretty like Julia Mimose and like a bunch of like pretty like well-known bartenders in the space were making cocktails with them. So I went there and I got this really yummy martini that had like green tea and the shochu and some other stuff. And it was delightful. Oh, that sounds really good. It was. And then I went to sushi with some of my coworkers afterward. It was nice. Oh, I love. Yeah. That's just my like, like it's, it's this place called Kanoyama in the East Village. Okay. It's like, it's just a good like neighborhood place. I love that. What about you? Um, I went to, I, I was a pretty low key restaurant week this week for me. I went to, oh, I went to, okay, wait, no, that's literally not true. I have like a bunch of new places to go to <laughs> and I only have one episode left to talk about them. So let's go. Um, my roommates took me to Golden Diner, which is incredible. Where is it? So Golden Diner, it's down in like Chinatown. Like we, it's one of those things where we like walked there from another event. And so like, I can't tell if we were in Chinatown or like two bridges. You walk like under the Manhattan Bridge to get there. Okay. So I think it's like still Chinatown, but maybe it's technically two bridges. Um, but it's like a fusion of like Chinese food and, um, diner food. So there's like a chicken katsu club. Oh my God. Yum. Um, and it's like, I guess it's not, it's, it's more pan Asian. Cause there's like, there's like katsu, but there's also like kimchi. And there's also like the best thing is there's, oh my God, this is not the best thing. Cause everything was actually so fucking good. But there was, there's a Thai Cobb salad. It's like a Thai twist on a Cobb salad that is like fucking bomb. I love any Thai salad because I feel like the dressing is always like it, peanut yummy. It's like a peanut salad. Yeah. It's like that like papaya salad dressing that's like on things. Yeah. It's, fuck it, me up with it that. Was like, it was like that on a Cobb salad. It was fucking good. Um, Golden Diner was incredible. Um, I also went to Three Decker Diner in Greenpoint, which is like an actual traditional diner that just got like bought and renovated. And that was, I mean, that's like yeah. classic diner. And then Mike's Coffee Shop is another, I've had, I've had a lot of diners recently. You've I been guess. in a diner mode. I've been on a diner kick. One, yeah, like one was like a fancy like restaurant diner and then two were like traditional diners. And then I, I like, like those types of restaurants that are like fusion of like two different things. Like, have you, have you ever been to Shalom, Japan? No, but which is bad because I used to know the GM. I don't uh, know who's the GM now, but I do I haven't been, people. but like I, I keep wanting to go because I'm like, I just need to see what that's about. Those are like two of my favorite types of food. <laughs> Let's go. I'm okay. down. Um, and so, yeah, wait. And there was there somewhere else that I went that was really good. I feel like I'm blanking on something. I'm like going through the maps of, oh, I went to this really cool wine event that, um, it's called Family Meal. Wait, that, I just want to confirm that's what it's called because it's my friend. My friends run it from when I worked from back in my kindred days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it's called Family Meal, right? Am I wrong in thinking that? I can Google if you need. No, because it's like, it's something like Family Meal where it's like a restaurant term. Pre-shift. It's called pre-shift. Um, that's what it's called, which is something that happens before Family Meal. So I was close. Okay. No one fucking judge me. But their Instagram <laughs> is pre-shift NYC and they do these like wine pop-ups. Um, and my friends um Giuliani and Dante run it. And it was like fucking cool. It was in it was in like meatpacking and it was in this have you been to this? This um sunglasses store called um Okay, so there's a wine bar inside a sunglasses store in the meatpacking district. Do you know about this? No, but that's very meatpacking district. <laughs> Um, so it's like, no, I know. So the, the sunglasses place is called crew K R E W E. Oh, I've heard of that brand. And then in the back, there's this place called and or holiday wine parlor. Okay. And so they did a pop up there and it was, I mean, it felt very New York to be like in 
like a restaurant. Do you know what I mean? Like a like fancy in- sunglass place that also exactly, is exactly. wine. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, but it was good. It was really good. My friend Kieran did the food, and he's now the he's now gonna he's now the executive chef at Bar Lunatico. Do you know Bar Lunatico? It's in Bed Stuy, and it's like a really good bar restaurant that does their big thing is live music. So and oh, I like, love that. But like, it's the kind of thing where like. If you don't want to like sit and listen to the live music, you need to go eat there before because once the live music starts, like you're watching the live music. It's oh, like, okay. It's like almost like a venue in that way. I made a huge mistake one time of like a friend of mine was like, do you want to go to a jazz bar or whatever? And I was like, sure. So we go and I, I'm assuming that it's just going to be like, we order drinks. There's jazz in the background. We're chatting. Like you're watching. No, like we started talking and people were staring at us, like leering at us. And I was like, oh shit, this is not for us. Like we need to leave. I think it's so weird. Like when people are like, I mean, this is not really, this doesn't really happen when you're gay, but like, I know people (laughs) that's happened to where it's like, oh, like let's go on a date to like the, a jazz club in the West village. Like one of like the classic ones. And I'm like. That's one of the ones I went to. Like Vanguard. Yeah, it was was the village Vanguard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a classic one. Like you don't talk there. You go to watch the jazz. So it's like, it's like, you, why would you go on a first date where you're not allowed to talk? It, same as same as movies. I don't think going to a movie is a good first date. So I disagree a little, only because a movie has a, like a finite amount of time right. where you can like watch like an hour and a half movie and then like you can go get dinner after and like discuss the movie and it actually sure. gives you like a thing to talk about. Part of what I struggle with with jazz is that there is no beginning, middle or end. It just kind of like goes forever and that gives me anxiety of like, I think you guys should wrap it up now. You know what I mean? And so like on a date, it's like yeah. one of you eventually has to be like, can we go do something else? And like, I don't think that's like a nice vibe for a date. Whereas like when the movie ends, it's like, okay, now go get a drink. Yeah, unless you're both like super fucking into jazz. I well, guess. I guess that's the case, but I feel like it's not, people talk about seeing jazz in the village like it's a standard normal date. And I think that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, wait, that reminded me. I went back to Rosemary's. I went and had dinner oh, at Rosemary's how last was week. was that? It was actually so nice. Like it was so nice because like I, it's been. Which location? Isn't there multiple? There's two, but like there only was the West Village one when I worked there. Okay. I think the East Village one was about to open when I left. Got it. It's not even the East Village. It's, it's in Murray Hill. Um, but the one in the West Village that I worked at for four years, I think I, I left there in like August or September of 2019. So it's been like three and a half years since I worked there. And it's just so nice. Like my like some of my favorite people I worked with still work there and the food is still really consistent and it's like a really nice vibe. And it was just like, it was just like cute to be back. I was like, I should go back here more often. Like, yeah, it's really good. I just love, I feel like that place is like comfort food. to the It's so comforting. It's so, so, so comforting. I feel like tonight is comfort food. Bernie's. I know. I I literally like pulled up the menu as we were chatting. So I could like decide what I was going to get. Do you do that? Yeah. But I feel like because you're veg, like the order is kind of already locked. I'm getting eggplant parm. And we're probably sharing it. Yeah. Because it's huge. Okay, we're sharing it because I, and then we're going to get wine. We're going to get, and we're going to get mozzarella sticks. And I maybe love ch- mozzarella sticks. And then wait, are you the kind of vegetarian, and this is, there's literally no pressure here. Are you the kind of vegetarian that won't eat Caesar because there's anchovies in it? Not at all. I will eat Caesar. So we're getting, okay, we're getting a Caesar because the Caesar is fucking I good. like a good Caesar. I, I eat fish sometimes. I'm I, I was going to say, you're it. like light pesk, right? I was thinking about this all day. I was like, is Katie pesk? I, okay. <laughs> you're not like eating a piece of salmon. I some like if it's served to me and that's all there is, like if I'm at someone's house and like they've made salmon, like I will eat it. Will it be like, is it kind of like, okay, I got to get this down. No, it's okay. just more like, it's not something I would purchase and cook for myself and it's not something I would order. 
if I, I was out at a restaurant, but like, yeah. And but you'll fuck up a Caesar. I'll fuck up a Caesar. Okay, hard. so we're gonna fuck up a Caesar. Especially like a, you know, like the steakhouse type Caesars. Is That's that what, exactly what they're, it's like the big long pieces. Oh yeah, it's that. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, that yeah. is so good. So we'll get that mod sticks and the eggplant parm. Okay, amazing. Yeah. You know, I've been eating a lot of recently. What? <laughs> Toaster strudels. Wow. Talk about blast from the past. I, the older I've gotten, Sweet in the morning is not a thing for me anymore. So I don't eat them in, for breakfast. Wait, I really respect that. I it's really like a late night, that. like I get a little high and yeah, snacky. Yeah, I was gonna say you're stoned. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and then I like you know you have to draw a picture with the icing. Um, <laughs> um, I love that. It's delightful. I highly recommend you buy some to keep in the freezer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to think the last time. Wait, you do the fruit ones, right? Raspberry. Good. The chocolate ones I never liked. Yeah, then there's also like the cinnamon or something. Just, I would like those. Yeah. Yeah, because we were big. The Pop Tart flavor in my house was a cinnamon sugar Pop Tart. Even yeah. though it's but like. But with a the beige, icing or no? The like beigey one. But like the one that had no icing? No icing. It, it had icing. It okay. had icing. It had icing. The, but the icing was beige. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly the one you're talking about. Uh-huh. But there's one that's like the naked version. And I'm like, that's you, ass. Why are you trying to be healthy? People like, you just really dog on me for my favorite Pop Tart. Well, my two favorite Pop. I've, okay. Let's, we're going to do a deep dive on Pop Tarts and then we'll get to the episode. <laughs> I love the berry filled tart, like the strawberry pop tart and the blueberry pop tart, but yeah. there was never enough filling. Too much bread to filling with those. Yeah. Then they had, do you remember, you might be too young. They had this. like crust. You know what I mean? You could like cut yeah. the crust off. Do you remember the yogurt blast pop tarts? No. Okay. They were like extra, before my time. They were like, they had like a fake yogurt filling because it definitely wasn't real yogurt because you can't, <laughs> there wasn't like dairy inside of them. Right. But it made, they were like extra filled because of it. And they had like, you could like experience the filling. I fucked with those. Mm-hmm. And then my other flavor could that experience I experienced the filling. The other flavor I loved that people dog on me for all the time was the hot fudge <gasps> sundae. I was just going to say the hot fudge sundae was my shit. That Pop-Tart fucks. Yes. That Pop-Tart fucks. That was the same time period that, okay, maybe I'm going to lose you here. The pizza-flavored Pringles. Those are good. That was like around the same period of time where it was like those existed at the same time. I didn't like them when I was a kid, but like literally a few weeks ago, I was like picking up a shift at Ruffian because they needed someone. And someone had pizza Pringles there? Yeah, because Ruffian, (laughs) no, it's actually one of the best parts about working at Ruffian is that across the street from Ruffian is this like one of those like, it's a smoke shop that is filled with like stoner snacks, have, oh, like, I, which I feel like has been like a, a thing in New York over the past like, three the, years. The East Village is full of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in these. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I'll just go in there and like stock up, and it's like I'll usually get a bunch of gummy candy because that's like that's my vibe. But then someone else went and got savory, and they got the pizza Pringles, and I was like, wait, these fuck, these are good. The pizza goldfish are not good. I tried them recently. Those were never my vibe, and not I good. actually, yeah. But anyway, yeah, the hot fudge sundae, whoever dogged on you for that, like, I'd like to have a word. It was one of those people who's like, their whole personality is like, I don't like sweet things. You know what I mean? It's okay, like, fuck you. so they're a liar. Okay, it is time for us to go to Bernie's. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We love you. Um, keep an eye out on my social media. I can't say what, but there are other things coming on my end. <laughs> Um, yeah, there are other things to come check out that you will be able to. So there'll be other ways to hear my voice and we'll leave it at that. So follow me, um, and follow Vine Pear. Thank you so much, Vine Pear. Thank you so much, Katie. And thank you so much for listening. Thank um, you. this episode is with a fantastic guest. Um, she is a regular at the comedy cellar. She is a writer and actor on life and Beth. Uh, she was such a joy. This was such a great episode to end on. Please enjoy me going out with Mia Jackson. 
hi. <laughs> Look, hi. Wait, okay, so you said, we were just talking before we started recording, you came to New York in 2019. 2019, officially in 2019, yes. And where were you before that? Um, Mostly in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much where I started. Did you grow up there? No, so I grew up in, it's Columbus, Georgia, which is about an hour and 20 minutes south of Atlanta, southwest of Atlanta. So, okay, nice. Yeah. Um, and so, did you move to Atlanta to do comedy? Yeah, pretty much. Well, okay. Well, so <laughs> uh, you got me so early. Uh, um, <laughs> I moved there for comedy, quote unquote. But I was like, I'm going to go shack up with a man. Oh, sure. We all got to get somewhere, somewhere, somehow. That's how I ended up there. Okay, but fine. What is? I haven't ever. I haven't talked to anyone who's done come up in the Atlanta scene. What was? What's the stand up scene in Atlanta like? Um, let me see. I mean, I haven't been a part of it in a very long time. But I mean, because even even when I say I got here in 2019, I was I still kind of left Atlanta around 2017, and I was just kind of okay on the road and kind of back and forth. Totally. A bit. But um, yeah, the Atlanta scene is very strong. Like it's it's like I would probably say last 15 years or so. Like it's it's a a lot of good comics have come out of Atlanta. Like yeah. we had a run where like three or four years in a row, like somebody was a JFL new face. Yeah. Um, you know, one person, um, Clayton English, he won last comic standing and like that season it was a bunch of Atlanta comics on there, period. Yeah. That's so it was just like, you know, it's it's a bunch of people that are here now too. Yeah. So like yeah. I feel like art and culture in Atlanta is like I get the sense that it's it really exists within its own community in the city. And it's not as much about like, I think this happens a little bit with Chicago, but I think less so now and like more so with Atlanta. It's like more about just like actually that scene and being successful within that scene rather than like trying to make it big or whatever. And so there's like such good drag in Atlanta. There's such good comedy in Atlanta because it's like, uh, oh, yeah. I think things like that thrive in a more like insular cultural context. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that was the thing about just that, that scene where it's like, Everybody was always kind of pushing each other to be be better, and then yeah. it would be like one person would pop, and then they would go, you know, and then they'd be like, "Well, who's the next?" So, but it was, but it was very much like, "Let me get really good here first. Yeah. and then some people were like, "Do I even really need to leave?" You know, that I mean, if you're paying thing. your bills and having a good time, like, why? Yeah. I, yeah. I get that. Yeah, and and especially since so many people got stuff just being in Atlanta, so it was like, oh well. If I got JFL from living here, then do I need to move? Totally. To you know, that kind of thing. So. What inspired you to go then? Um, well, my lease was running out. <laughs> and um, it was and this is such an awful reason, but um I I had like a series of, of just minor car accidents over. <laughs> He <laughs> was like, let me go to the city a, where I don't drive. Stupid reason. And I'm like, <laughs> I kept getting, I was like, and my insurance kept going up so much to where I was like, I was like, this is, I was like, this is bad. And That's I'm like, so funny. Isn't that, isn't that ridiculous? And then I was like, let me just, I was like, you know what? I was saying I need to go to New York for forever. And I'm like, do I want to pay? I'm like, because this is how bad it was. My car insurance was about as much as my car payment. No, so at that was, point, no. And I was like, you know, let me just go sit this car down and let me, <laughs> let me get somewhere else. So, wow, that is, that's, here's the thing, that's actually such a good reason to move to New York because like I literally lost the fiscal ability to drive. I mean, <laughs> isn't it ridiculous? But I was just like, you know. Oh, it's so and funny. I, and I still have the car, it's just not with me here. Respect. I just, you know, I was like, 
It's there for when you need it. I'll leave it. My boyfriend left with him. I was like, here, just I'll, <laughs> if I need to come drive, I'll get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And then you said you mentioned so there's a period of time where you were like based in Atlanta still, but you were mostly on the road. Yeah, yeah. Did so you I'll, like being on the road? You know what? Here's the thing. It's <laughs> for anyone who is curious about the road. <laughs> It can be very tiring. And so, yeah. Cause like, so, so this is what I was doing. So in between that time, like after I left um, Atlanta, I was also kind of hanging out in D.C. because that's where my boyfriend lives. So I was kind of mm-hmm. hanging out in that area. Then I would come here and I would just be kind of just doing a whole just bunch of— Just up and down the East just, Coast. Just up and down the East Coast. But I was driving um, a lot, you know. And so it was like— Yeah. It's— that's the thing that people don't like people who don't do comedy or I don't, it's probably the same with musicians. Actually, it's like definitely the same with musicians, but it's like, it's not until you're like psycho famous that you are like flying jet setting place to place. Like your ass is driving a rental car. You are driving. You are driving a rental car. And I've, I've only been on the road a little bit. Like I've had one show that tours a little bit, uh-huh. but it's like, it's people were like, Oh my God, how was tour? Was it amazing? I was like, yeah. I mean, it was 14 hours of driving in 24 hours. <laughs> right, but like, right. Right. It was fun. Right. With the show itself. Yeah. When you get to the show, you're like, Oh, this is why I'm doing it. But then in the meantime, you're like, okay. Um, I drove, and then some of the comedy clubs on the road, like, I don't know who they have hotel deals. You know what? I mean, I, they don't have hotel deals at all because some of these places, I'm like, you just found this yesterday. Yeah, like, the hotel. You, you just got, like, you don't have a standing deal. Like, I, one time I stayed at a place and um, pulled up, get there, and I'm, like, checking in, and I'm like, oh, yeah. do you guys have a gym on site? And then they go, no. <laughs> and then I just go, oh, okay. And then I go, wait, are you staying here? And I went, yes. Oh, well, yeah, we got a gym. And I'm like, Whoa. what the hell? <laughs> like, so does this mean people are just coming in off the streets trying to use your gym? And then the gym was so disgusting. Like it had like cigarette ashes. It was used Not condoms. It was used condoms. Dead serious. Yes, it was so bad. And so I was like, no, that's not fun. But meanwhile, like, I love the notion of fucking in a public gym, but being like, we're still gonna be safe. We're still gonna. <laughs> and it's like, but we're we're still gross. But we're we're gonna be gross, but we're not catching anything while we do it. We'll just put it under the treadmill. Like <sighs> it was. Yeah, I went in there and I was like, oh, it was so bad. But like, no. but like, so but this past fall, just on the you know just. I was on Amy Schumer's tour, so I got to like, oh amazing. So I was on that from August to December, and it's like now when you're on the road like that, <laughs> <laughs> that's like you're like oh I don't mind the road because it's just like so gorgeous much, hotels and flights. yeah yeah and you're like this is <laughs> and you're like wait a minute this is nice I love a you hotel. know yeah, yeah 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 but when you're like oh great I don't like. My philosophy has always been on the road. It was like, if you put me in a hotel that has a city name and a location, I know that hotel is going to be shit. So if you say to someone like, this is the North Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, this is trash. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the East Cleveland. You're like, ah, It has like a region and then like Holiday Inn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. I'm always like, if that's the name, no. It's never going to be good. Yeah. Like, just give me a chain, which sometimes they won't even do that, but. You know, when you're on the road for your, you know, but yeah, when you're hitting the road hard, it's like, oh God. Yeah. What am I doing? So are you much of a, are you like a, a going outer? Are you? In- Ooh, am I a going outer? You know what? Not, 
Not as much anymore. Right. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a going out to eater person. Okay, great. <laughs> we love. <laughs> when you were when you were coming up in Atlanta, was being out and going out and partying like part of that scene, or were you really like going to work? You, like as far as like comedy yeah. was concerned, no, it was it was just it was pretty much like I'm 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 working like I'm out here just I'm doing spots and I'm doing shows and I'm how many shows do I have this week? So that was a lot of. Of what was going on, but um, yeah, but occasionally I would slide in and be like, "All right, I'm in Atlanta. I should go to a a club." And yeah, I went to some. <laughs> so, is that are you generally? Is that something you generally have you ever been someone who like goes out much, or is restaurants to club mostly on the vibe? You know what? Like, I would probably say my college days. Like that's that's where I really was like because I went to a party school and Which all that kind of stuff. To? I went to University of Georgia. Okay. So um, is that UGA? It is. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Go to. But um, yeah, so that's where I went. And so like that was constant. Like it would just be, you know, it's a Monday night. And you're like, oh, Monday, we we go to bars on Monday. Yeah. Like, it's Tuesday. You know, so yeah. So I did a lot of a lot of antic field nights yeah. in, in Athens. I, I I just remember one night I ended up in the trunk of a car. But no, no, no. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's that's back when I was in the streets. Um <laughs> In the streets, and that's back when I could afford car insurance. That um, was also, like, it used to be sort of branded, like, if you needed to, like, it's like, the girl who gets in the trunk is fun. Like, she's the fun one. And it's like, don't, never be the girl that gets in the trunk. You never want to, no. You never need to be that fun. You, you ne- actually never need to be that fun. And, and there's no reason for it. <laughs> and, and I don't even, and I just remember just being like, I'm in, look, I can fit. And I just remember my roommate at the time being like, bitch, get out get the trunk. Out of the like, trunk. why are you in the trunk? What are you doing? And I'm just like, come see. But she's like, I'm not gonna see if I also fit like yeah no we're both not gonna get trapped in this trunk I'm envious of the people who had that self-respect innately in them at a young age because I would have gotten in the trunk I would have been like this is so fun I was probably already too large of a person to get in the trunk but I would have been like no you would we would have all made it we would (laughs) have it was a Subaru Outback oh we would have been in that trunk I mean like yeah it was yeah but yeah back then yeah I used to be yeah like yeah but in my yeah in my early days of Atlanta and stand up there were times where I would still be like because a lot of my college friends, yeah. we all live there. So we would be like, boom, let's go to this place. Or let's go to this. So that would happen a lot. Did so. you start stand-up when you were in college or later? I started about two years after I left college. Okay. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. How, what was the, what, what was the draw? <sighs> what made me do stand-up? Well. Made you, because it, it is a forcible <laughs> entry. It's, a, yeah, because <laughs> that's the thing, like, nobody can, like, somebody can be like, oh, you're funny. Yeah. You should do it. And if you hear it, you're like, maybe I am funny. But that yeah. thing has got to already be in you to go, Yeah, I'm going to take that step. But, like, I just, I used to love stand-up growing up. I would watch Same. a bunch of stand-up. And and I just, in my head, I didn't know how they got to do that thing. And I'm like, how did that person do that? And I would even see stand-ups come to my college. And I would go, like, that's the person yeah. I saw on TV. But how... Did this happen? And then um, I remember going to a show on campus, and I think I had graduated by then because I was still just kind of floating around and not really knowing what I was. <sighs> it was I was doing too much and nothing all at the same time. But like I um I remember meeting a stand up comic, and he was like, "Oh, well, his manager was at the show." And then the manager was like, "Oh, well, if you're interested in doing stand up, he was like." You have to go to open mics, and I was like, "What? What is? What is? I don't know what that. Yeah, what does that even? I'm like, open. Oh, he was like, "Yeah, you just got to start getting on stage." And I'm like, "What?" And he was like, 
Stop saying what? Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get off. He's like, I'm giving you the answers. There's yeah. no more questions to yeah. ask. Yeah, and I kept going like, what do you mean? Like you just have to keep. What do you? And he's like, you need to be writing. And you just get it was like age. was it was it was like shocking to you the notion that like the answer is that you actually just start doing it badly and then get better. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is like a shocking system, yeah, sort of. Like, oh, so I have to go do it first. Yeah, yeah. So that was very much how it came up, and I'm like, oh, okay, and then. Maybe about a year. It took me about a year after that point to then go, okay, I think I'm going to try it. And then I started going to open mics and smoky bars, and that's how it all started. That's amazing. So, yes. Did you find, like, like, how much do you feel like coming up in Atlanta, like, influenced your comedic voice? Like, Because I guess if you're from Georgia, it's also probably, like— it. You know what? It, it um, I mean— I don't know if it influenced my voice so much as it did influence my work ethic around totally. comedy. That's so, actually a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah because it was like, it was, because I saw the scene just grow from like, oh, well, you know, the comedy clubs have an open mic like once or twice a week to, oh, well, this one person runs a bar show outside of the city on a, on a Tuesday. And then you're like, okay, I can do Comedy Tuesday and I can do it yeah. on this Wednesday. But then... It just started growing because so many people were like, I want to be good at this. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now there's a Monday night. Yeah. Now there's two places on Wednesday. Or now it's now, now you know, a place on Thursday. And then, so it was just so many. Yeah. So all these people started just kind of making that scene grow. And it was like, boom, now I'm ready to just start just trying, basically. 100%. Because I got so much to, you know, I got so many places I can now go and perform. Totally. That's so interesting. Yeah, I think I, I was asking that because I think part of, like, the, pro, like, something that I think happens in New York is, like, I, I don't know if this is, like, how it is in Atlanta at all, but I feel like in New York there are very different, like, pockets of stand-up. Yeah, Like, absolutely. in it pretty intensely. And, like, yeah. I think, like, a new, like, someone who's doing, like, I think the comedy, what's, re, what I think is cool about the comedy seller specifically is I actually think that they kind of pull from all of the worlds a little bit. And yeah. that there is people, like, you can have, like, Lisa and someone, you know, you mm-hmm. can have, like, different people from different, you yeah. know, different scenes that speak to different audiences. Oh, right, right, right. Whereas, like, I think if you go somewhere, like, I don't know, like, The Stand, I feel like is, or like, maybe, like, or, like, New York Comedy Club, like, they can sometimes have, like, I think that, like, someone who's, like, he- kills it every time they do Union Hall could mm-hmm. bomb there and vice versa. Do you know what I mean? Someone who yeah. crushes at like New York Comedy Club would could fully bomb at Union Hall. <laughs> and I think when you are coming up, like picking the the mics and the shows that match your voice yeah. is like kind of a game to play, but then also learning to match your voice to those different scenes to figure out where you fit. And I think that's sort of what I was asking about Atlanta was like... Yeah, so, because you can... because. Because, I mean, every scene has that. I think every scene has the, you know, you, you know, hey, here are the people that do, quote unquote, alt comedy. Here are the people that do, quote unquote, urban comedy. So Atlanta definitely had that kind of thing. But there were also, because the clubs there are not in, for the most part, they're not showcase clubs. Or at least when I was starting, they weren't like, oh, yeah, there's a, a comedy seller style club or there's a. New York um, comedy club where you know where somebody's doing where oh, we got five six people on the line everyone's like, doing so, fifteen yeah, yeah, yeah so so it, it it was it was a lot of um, you know bar shows here then there's a headliner club so you got to hope that that club is going to put you on as a host and then you got to sure. you know so so there was a lot but there were also uh, it was a lot of crossing of the worlds too so yeah. you would see like oh well I know this person is known in the quote unquote urban urban scene but they also 
come and work at the punchline, which is a mainstream club yeah. there. So, you know, so you would so you would see a lot of cross-pollination. Well, in, I think that's healthy because I think that's a thing New York needs to be doing more of because I think that people are starting, like, especially with, like, Brooklyn, I feel like sometimes it's like, it's like your comedy needs to speak to people outside of the community to an extent. Like, if you want, you know what I mean? Like, because it's almost a separate scene, basically. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, there's something beautiful about small, com- obviously there's something very beautiful about like small communities and like subcultures, but then it's, it's if, if you are trying to make comedy that speaks to a larger amount of people, it's like, how do you then take this thing that is true of the subculture and then speak about it in a way that can relate to everyone? Because that's actually when it gets like powerful. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was something um, as far as Atlanta was concerned, for me, where it was like, oh, you know, I am a black woman in the South, but I'm also having these very universal experiences that other people are, you know, having all over the world. So I'm like, okay, how do I make my very specific life reach out to different people? You know, so that's, so that's, so I do think being able to jump around the different rooms in Atlanta was very helpful for, for that, that does, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That seems like that is probably one of the advantages of coming. I don't want to say smaller city because Atlanta is fucking huge, but yeah. like maybe not as. Not I don't know what you mean. Every other person the, isn't trying to do comedy like yeah, this godforsaken city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That does. I, that makes total sense. That's yeah. super interesting. So how did you find coming to New York? Um, well, coming here. Well, obviously, <laughs> pandemic <laughs> outside. <laughs> Look, you, well, <laughs> but I, I, I used to because I would periodically like pop in like I would kind of come and make. Little trips right, here so people and there. Knew so people, you know, so people knew me. And then, um, but it was very much like, one of the things that was really fascinating to me is that I just went, I can, um, the people that started in New York, I'm always like, you started here? Yeah. I mean, if someone were to tell me they wanted to get into it now, I'd be like, go, I like, I would be like, go to Chicago first. I'd like, go to Atlanta first. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. I just don't, it's so hard. Yeah. So when I meet people that I'm like, oh, you start, I'm like, how was that? Because like any, anybody that I find out that started, I'm like, how was it? Like, what did you do? Yeah. How was it coming up in the scene? Because, you know, again, coming up in a place like Atlanta, you're like, all right, well, if I work, um, you know, if I'm doing open mics at, this one club. Yeah. And then now they've seen me so much that they go, oh, we think Mia can host. Or now we think Mia can feature. Or now we think, yeah. you know, she could come do this thing. Or if we have a corporate gig, we can throw her on. You know, because they they see you do that thing at this one, you know, yeah. one place where I'm like, here it's so many open mics. And it's so, you know, and so I'm like, how does that perception, you know, change for these clubs that didn't see you do that thing. You yeah. didn't see you at all the 10,000 open mics that are all over the city. So I'm always just like, wow. Yeah, like, it, is a, it is wild to, yeah, to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I think it's impressive to come up anyway, but I think that doing it in a smaller city is just practically a, such a smart way to go yeah, about it. Yeah, someone with a dedicated scene where you're like, oh, you know, because I, mean, cause I have seen people over the years that would, you know, that I knew in Atlanta or I knew from other scenes that were like, oh, my next step, I'm going to New York. And then they would go. And then a year later, six months later, sometimes they're like, oh, okay, well, I'm back. You know, and I'm like. Well, it's fucking hard to go from being a big fish in a small pond to being a a, a medium fish in the ocean. Yeah. That's like a hard transition. Yeah. Yeah. So, so coming here, it was, um, you know, just a really, um, you know, doing all those spots in Atlanta. But like, this is on a thousand yeah. <laughs> you know like this is on steroids this is 100 like, oh okay because sometimes i would look at my calendar and be like oh i did three spots on a tuesday or i did you know 
four on a Saturday or five on a Friday, you know, like like that kind of thing where I'm like, I'm just constantly, you know, moving, moving, moving. But, yeah. but the spots, you know, it's like, okay, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here versus when I was in Atlanta, it might be, well, I'm going to work the road from here, but I'm going to go this weekend and go middle somewhere the whole time. Yeah. I'm going to headline. So, you know, it's it's a... The how you work on the sets is a little bit different to me because you're like, oh, I'm doing this in a 15 minute chunk versus, oh, I got 30 minutes to to play around, play around and see. Yeah, bit, totally. You know, so yeah, it's much yeah. more regimented here yeah. in that way, mm-hmm. which is very helpful for me though. That's great. Um, are you still like like when you go out to do a spot when uh, now in New York? Like, are you grabbing a drink after? Are you hanging out? Are you like in and out? It depends on where okay. I am. Yeah, yeah. Like, and if I'm at the cellar, I, because I, I, that's the one place. Like, I'm, I will always see somebody I know. I will always see somebody I'm friends yeah. with, friendly with, in in comedy, and you know, and we'll be like, "Oh, are you you about to leave? Like, oh, I was about to eat. Okay, well, let's stay." Yeah. <laughs> then I will. And it's been so many nights where I've promised myself that I was going to. I'm like, you know, I only got one spot tonight, so spots at eight. 30, I'm going to leave because I'm going to go and be a responsible adult and go to sleep. And then I'll be like, well, it's 2.45 and I'm at home. <laughs> and I'm like, how did I end best. up here the whole, <laughs> the whole night? Yeah. yeah, it happens all the time. I lie to myself but, so much. But also like better to do that now when you're like performing at the cellar than people do that when they're like coming up. And I think that's where you really shoot yourself in the foot is like. If you're like just starting out and you're hang- like obviously make friends and socialize, but if you're like going out and doing one spot and staying out till three a.m., it's like, hey babe, like that's not really the process. yeah. Like just you go home, yeah. Listen rest. to the set you just worked on, yeah, and and rest. Like you can have fun. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that you you can't, but it's yeah, like, totally. But yeah, but I have seen people, you know, sometimes where I'm like, you're here all the time and you don't. Are you a comic? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, so that happens those too. People. Yeah, or you'll see people where you're like, oh, I don't know if you necessarily you don't work at this club. You know, I have seen that before where I'm like, this person's always here eating, or this person's always here hanging out. Like, what are you? Yeah. What's happening? You know, so yeah. I do see that where I'm like, you should, you know, at least go work, go do some, go do some yeah. shows, you know, and then, you know, because you, you don't, you know, and I, and again, that's also something you can see in every scene where you're like, this person's always here, but I never see them do stand-up. And I know people like that all over. Like, I, I remember knowing someone in Atlanta where, like, there were arguments amongst my group of friends about whether or not this one person actually did stand-up because we would <laughs> always just see them, you know. And they were like, But it no. goes back to yeah. what, it goes back to what we were talking about when you were first saying how you get into it, where it's like, I think there are people that are like, I don't want to do like the miserable open mics and be bad and go through that whole process. I'm confident that if like I one day sort of get handed the magical opportunity, I will rise to that occasion. Yeah, and you're like, and it's like, it won't happen. You're not like, going to hang won't your happen. way. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're not going to hang your way to the top a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, you gotta, yeah. And it's like, you, yeah, you may be cool with a lot of people. And, that, and so, so there were, you know, I would see people sometimes where I'm like, Oh, you do stand up like oh I didn't I didn't know that you know and I'm like right. you're always here <laughs> you know like I never see you on any lineups you know so that ha- but but again that happens in every scene, scene. but I do think yeah. that people are are like you know this is probably one of my favorite stories of all time when I was still in Atlanta I remember this guy walks into the comedy club with me and he's talking to me and some comics and he's like yeah I'm just I'm I'm ready and then we were like to, oh, to do no. to do to do what and he was like 
well, did you stand up? Because I'm just ready to make money. And he was like, I mean, I'm already a singer. So if I can sing in front of 300 people, I know I got this. And then we were like, yeah, but you should probably get on stage. And when we started talking about like some of the, you know, just details of stand up, he was like, oh, oh okay then. And then just <laughs> walked out of the, but, but I've, I've also had like, People message me over the years, too, where I've gotten um, people going like, well, hey, I see what you're doing, so how can I do what you're doing? And then I go, oh, well, these are the things that I did. And then they're like, thank you for telling me. And then I never hear from them yeah, ever again. But yeah, so, but yeah, so it's just Well, a, it's the number one example of a job that looks too easy. Like, absolutely. it's the number one, like, yeah. it looks, so, it like... It's like, oh, they're just fucking hanging out on stage. Yeah, you know what I mean. A good time, especially. You know? Yeah, yeah. I especially. I feel like, especially like in the early two thousands, the kind of comedy that was really popular. It did just seem like these men that were like truly just going to bars all over the country and getting drunk and like walking up on stage Chilling. and hanging. Yeah. And I do think that's like not to say that they didn't have skills and weren't working hard, but like the yeah. brand was like. It's casual. It's casual. It's casual. Um, yeah. They're making millions yeah. of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right. While you while you have a whole sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's a... But, yeah. But I, I have definitely seen, you know... It, but, again, like, that's... But I've seen it here a lot where I'm like... It's some people where I'm like, I did not know they did. You know? But, yeah. You know, and, and it's kind of that thing where people kind of quietly are all kind of like... Oh, I thought... Or are they... Who are they for? Like, they're just here. Like, yeah. oh, you know, like... What's happening? You know, it's, and it's interesting. Like, it's like no, you still gotta get on stage, yes. like, even if you're hanging out and you're cool with people. It's like you still gotta, you know. Work I mean, on like, a I guess set. unless you do just like hanging out with everyone, then like God bless. But if you do like one day want to get on stage, like you do, sort of have to start. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get on stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, wait, I want to go back because you mentioned that you're more of a restaurant person these mm-hmm. days. So let's talk restaurants. Okay. You live in Harlem. I do live in Harlem. Some of the best yes. restaurants in New York City are in Harlem. Yes. Yes. Do we have any faves? Have we made any built some uh, relationships? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, okay, there are two places that I love so much. Um, I love um, this place called, I love Melba's. Melba's? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every time in my heart when I go, you know what, this time when I'm in the city for a few weeks before I go traipsing off again, I'm like, I'm going to eat healthy and then <laughs> I'll be like oh man you know what I would love some mac and cheese from Melba's and yeah. then I get caught up very quickly and fall <laughs> apart so um, <laughs> love Melba's and um, and then let me see um, and then I mean I get they I mean because they have they have chicken and waffles but they have a um, what is it it's a waffle with a um, I can't remember if it's a butter pecan waffle but it, oh, whatever it is fuck look <laughs> There's like a, what is this? Like a strawberry cream cheese, like syrup that goes with it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so good. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I mean, I will go there and just lose my mind. And who knows, maybe I will be ordering from there today. Yeah, um, why not? Yeah, it's a problem. But then, um, and there's another place, um, Boulevard Bistro. So I do enjoy that as well. Oh, I know that one. Is that on Marcus Garvey? No, no, no. That's Bronx Boulevard. Oh, is it 116th and... Frederick Douglass? Because it's on a boulevard, right? Isn't it, that the whole thing? I think so. <laughs> Look, this is so bad because I'm always like, I just get in cars and I'm like, this is the place. Um, <laughs> but I know it's one, it, or is it 114? It, it, it's a teen and it's a boulevard. Nonetheless, they have very <laughs> delicious biscuits and their, I mean, their food is 
Again. So we're going for Southern comfort food when we're going out. This is true. Yes. Yeah, I, I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then there's a, and I don't know, does this coffee shop count? Does that count as a place that yeah, I love? Yeah, whatever you love to go. There, there's one literally right down the hill from me on NBHD. Okay. And um, again, solid. Okay. Is it Southern comfort food in a coffee shop? No, no. Uh, it's just like they have like, um, what is it? They have a chicken biscuit. Um, a chicken sausage Ooh. biscuit that I love. They okay. have a um, what is it? They have a um, um, some po' boys on the menu. Oh, so it is like still something. Yeah, but yeah, but then there's also like you know salmon and bagels and stuff like okay. that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they bring it all to the a, table. Yeah, yeah. So I will go in there and I'll be like, um, hi, I'm back. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Ooh, that is like, but yeah. that's like such a sac- you need. It's such a sacred relationship between you and like the coffee shop that knows you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's really important to have. Yeah. Mine's mine. Um, the, it's not a chicken and waffle. It's a it's a chorizo breakfast burrito. Ooh, that's become my where. Um, it's in Brooklyn. I live in I live in Bedside. Um, look, I would I would go somewhere for Cafe Kalaka. I'll send you the information. Please. It is okay. So fucking good. Okay, that's listen. That's. I'm sold. Yeah, it's already. so good, and it's such like a. I'm kind of hungover. You know what I mean? Or like, but it's mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh, I just thought about another place that. What now? Now I keep going. I'm like, it's all restaurant. I do order. I haven't been there, but I do order quite a bit from a place called Bus Stop Diner. Um, okay, because I do love breakfast food. Like if if I have a choice of what I'm going to eat, breakfast food. Okay, always. But like, I've ordered from there so much that I'm like. I know that they're just like it's her. They see the ticket. They're like, they're we know what's like, happening. It's, it's we're we're taking bacon and eggs and coffee <laughs> to this person who will not stop. Do you love getting? Do you love ordering in? I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm sensing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only. I mean, and I and I now I now I will say I do actually go to Melba's though. I will right, go totally. and I'll go to Boulevard Bistro. So I will go there. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Actually, sit around. Which also Boulevard Bistro has good um, sangria. And I've had, had, a, had a few afternoons where I was like, ooh, I got shows tonight. This was probably oh, not yeah. the best idea. I and God had, bless a nap. Yeah, I need to uh, get some electrolytes in the spirit <laughs> because I'm going to be laid the hell out. But um, yeah, but like, but but that's the thing. The reason why I order in so much here is because there's so much it's a happening. Lot. And I'm always like, I would have to mentally prepare myself because, like, I'm in and out a lot. So I'll be, you know, um, I'll be here for a few weeks and I'll go, you know, back to Georgia. I'll, I'll go on the road. And- right. If, you're, if you've been, like, on the road or touring intermittently the entire time you've lived here, you probably haven't built up that tolerance of, like, the inundation of sensory overload that's constantly yeah. happening. And, but I had it a lot. So in 2019, though, because I was, I pretty much was mostly here then. Okay. And it was like, that's when I started being like, you know, maybe four months straight sometimes I'd be like oh if I I might have gone on a road like one or two weekends but I would be like this is this place is exhausting yeah it's a lot everything I mean it would just be even when I go oh I have a spot tonight at eight I should start preparing it for you know just stuff like that yeah. just to mentally be like let me get ready to get on the train and then I gotta be you know I gotta be out of the house by this time so that I don't I'm not running, you know, not running late. I mean, that yeah. is the hardest part about so. moving here. Like, even just not being like, okay, and just like, jump in my car or like walk. Like, it's that yeah. part of it is hard. Yeah. So but then that, you get used to it. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, so that's why sometimes I'm like, let me just, I just want to go in my room and close the door totally. and just eat 
this, you know, <laughs> this pork chop. Absolutely. <laughs> and, that's been hand-delivered to me. That's been hand-delivered. That I had to go down, you know, and I'm like, go downstairs. And I'm like, oh, it's so much. It's so much, you know. So, yeah. yeah. So that's the, yeah. What do you feel like in terms of like restaurants and bars, New York versus Atlanta, what is the energy? Like, what is the vibe difference? Uh, You know what? I will. Okay. The, the times that I have, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing this to some years ago going out in Atlanta, but like, I do feel like there are places in Atlanta, certain places, not everywhere. There are mm-hmm. places that people are like, I'm here to be seen, you know. Where, sure. Whereas, and yeah, and, and that does exist here, 100%. but I just feel like the places that I go to is just people like, I'm just here to eat. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just here, you know, whereas like, sometimes it's like, it's an event. Yes. In in Atlanta. And you're like, is it though? Mm, calm down. <laughs> you know. Just but that also relax. comes from I think that happened because like in New York, the places that are like the places to be seen are so ridiculous because it's like Ariana Grande is going there to be seen. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like Carbone. It's like psycho. <laughs> but it's like in a city that has a more insular community where it's like they're trying to be seen by the people of Atlanta. Like they're not trying to see. Right. That's like right. where you're like, it can feel a little more intense. I think like yeah. I'm thinking about like, cause like I'm originally from Rhode Island, oh, like okay. the sort of restaurant in Providence where people are like going to get seen in Providence. It's like who you're not, are you getting seen in Providence? Like no shades of Providence. Right. Like, but but like, you're like, do you know what I mean? It's like, there's a self import. There's like a little bit of like a, del- I don't want to say delusion, but like, but it's delusion. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the yeah, like, like I don't want to say who this person is, but like this. A, I mean, it's a person that I know, but I just remember <laughs> them one time telling me about places in Atlanta where they were like, you know, I mean, I'm just gonna go eat at this other place because you know I can't, I can't be seen or something, and I'm like. Who is gonna see you in a, the idea? In like, of, okay, yeah. like what are you like? But that's how much is in someone's head to be like. It's wild. I'm gonna be, you know, I I can let my hair down if I go to this place, and then you're like, what? Like, oh, they were yeah. saying like I yeah, want to go to this place where I could be more casual because I won't be seen. Yeah, but it but it was very much like, but the default was very much like if I go to these other places, sure, I'm going to be, you know, and it's like, yeah. It's, stop like you're, that is you're like a healthy reminder wings, you know? you're eating chicken wings like settle down you know so like that that kind of so so that's i mean I, I would and i don't know how it is in atlanta now but i do just remember that kind of being a thing where it's like you know yeah. oh we're gonna be you know and it's like this is yeah you know totally, but, totally. but here i just kind of feel like because it's so much going on so much happening that like Nobody, you know, is really paying attention to you like that in a regular restaurant. Like you said, unless it's some place where you're there to be seen, you yes, know, and yeah. you're legitimately famous, right, right, right. That's but like the other just, thing. Yeah, but if you're just regular ass person, like, you know, it's yeah. fine. You know, yeah. That is the thing that, like, that is the thing that makes living in New York easier, though, is when you realize, like, yes, there's a million things happening and a million people, not a single thing of them matters to you or, yeah. like, or you matter to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that yeah. is where it's like, that's what you have to learn is like, oh, it's like, I don't have to deal with every person I've had. Like, obviously, treat people with respect and kindness and don't, like, elbow chuck people as you walk down the street. But it's like, right. this isn't, like, it's a different, it's a different barometer of, like, interaction with yeah. everything. Yeah. And, and like... I would say, like, you know, if I've done spots at the cellar and I'm walking around in that area and I've had, like, a few spots for the night, like, I will see people that have just seen me, you know, and then they'll be like, oh, my God, and they'll stop Totally. Me. You know, so that kind of stuff happens. But then I know that the moment 
that I go to the coffee shop, you know, then like nobody there knows. Yeah. They don't know that I was, and, you know, and it's like, you know, and it's just a different thing because it's like, and they don't care either. You know, and they don't but, need but, to. Yeah. yeah. But when you're right in that area, like, yeah, you're going to, you know, people like, oh my God, I just, you know, like. Yeah, you're a celebrity in the West Village. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. Central West Village. You know, but yeah, but otherwise you're like, nobody cares. What, did you feel like you had to, have you, do you feel a striking difference between audiences like in New York versus like on the road versus in Atlanta? Like, and oh. do you change your comedy to oh them? Oh my God, yes. I'm so oh. interested by this. Yeah, like. For the most part, not a not too too many uh, adjustments, but there are certain things where I have to go. Oh, I need to change this reference word, or sure, or, or this joke where it might have two parts. Maybe I don't do the second part of the joke because it uh. doesn't make sense to, you know, like for example, one of the things I used to notice is when I lived in Atlanta and um and I would see like the feature act that that came from either. L.A. or New York. Sometimes I would go, man, that person did a lot of jokes about L.A. traffic and a lot of jokes about this thing in L.A. and that thing. And I'm like, like no one gives a fuck in Atlanta. Nobody cares in Atlanta. You know, so, yeah. so that's how I started learning to go, oh, okay, don't be so, so, so specific. Yeah. You know, and it's, there are certain times where you have to be, but I'm like, okay, so that's when I first started really being like, okay, I got to make sure that when I— if I'm when, when I make the choice of am I going to New York, am I going to L.A. to make sure that when I come back to these places, if I do talk about those things, how can I make that thing more universal? And so I would I would see, you know, um, New York comics come down and I would go, oh, man, they did like 15 minutes on the subway, you know, and I'm like, no, nobody here has been takes the train, takes it, yeah. you know, and I'm like, everybody drives here. So so I have to keep that in mind when I'm in other cities to where I go. Okay, because I have a joke that I do about, you know, I'm saying that I look like I work for the MTA. And so, but when I'm here, I'm like, yeah, I can say MTA because people know what I mean. But I'm like, when I go to other places, I either have to not say MTA at all or I just go, oh, I look like I work for the train. And then even then I go, let me think about, okay, well, if I do that joke in Chicago, they, people get on the train here. If I do that joke, yeah, in, you know, um, God, what city was I in? Um it was, I forget where I was, but I remember going, okay, this place has public transit, so yeah. they, and people actively use it, so I know I can say that here, but um, but if I do that joke in Atlanta, I'm like, well, you know, people, there is a train system, but it, they, most yeah. people take it to go to the airport. Like, that's not really. You told, like, BART or something? No, there is. Um, oh, BART's uh, what San is Francisco. It? No, it's uh, MARTA. MARTA. MARTA, yeah. I knew it was a name. Yeah, it had, it had an A-R-T in it. Um, yeah. yeah, I was close. <laughs> yeah, you were very close. <laughs> but yeah, so, 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 yeah, so there are things where I'm like, and there are certain, certain sometimes when, when I've been here for a while, then I'll go back and do a um, set in Atlanta where I'll be like, oh, okay, like, everybody's way more. You know, a lot more liberal, obviously, here, you know, versus certain yeah. and, and, and even in Atlanta, but it's certain pockets of Atlanta where I'm like, oh, this this is a damn. Very... So you'll change things for pockets of the city mm -hmm, because you go to some Fuck. parts and you're like, oh, this is pretty. This is fairly about the same kind of. audience. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, but now I'm now I'm in the suburbs and damn. this shit is not going to fly in the yeah. suburbs, you know, so it's certain things where I have to go. What are some things that are more general that everybody in this room could probably relate to. And then and then sometimes there are jokes that are very specific where you have to go, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to bring them into my world. I'm just going to have to say this is a specific thing that I'm going through, but there is a part of this thing that you can also relate to. But I also can't spend 
you know, 20 minutes going, well, you know, this is what happened when I was on the train today. And the other totally. day, like, I can't, you know, I can't. But, but it was a really important thing for me to see that very early because I would host a lot at the Punchline in Atlanta. Yeah. And I would just, and I would go, oh, okay, now I, I see the difference. I go, the people that are the L.A. and New York comics that are the middle acts, they're still talking about those things in that city. But I'm like, but the headliner who might also either live in one of those places has a wider range of material. And so I'm like, oh, I need to be doing what yeah. they're doing. You know, and, and and that's not to say that, like, and the people that were the middle acts, they were great comics. And they were, you know, a lot of funny, funny people. But I was like, oh, they're kind of, they might be kind of hampering themselves by yeah. only talking about this thing or only staying on this topic. So it, so it just kind of made me go, okay, well, when I get, to these places I need to be. So when you make those, stuff. when you're making those modifications to the shows you're doing, is that happening like on stage or do you sit down before and be like, okay, like what am I going to change? A little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of both. Yeah. Cause sometimes I'll go, you know, before I go to a place, I'll be like, oh, all right, this is a smaller yeah. town or this is, a, or this isn't, you know, maybe this isn't going to work. But like at a certain jokes where I go, I'm just going to have to bring them into this world yeah, totally. and it'll, It'll be fine. But yeah, but I can't be so, so stuck on that thing where that's the only thing that I talk about. So totally. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed a difference in audiences? Because I don't do the road that much. I pretty Mm -hmm. much just perform in Brooklyn and like occasionally go other places. I'm always wondering because I feel like I see so much on TikTok now, like... I don't know how much TikTok you you'd like. I, I look on yeah. there. I'm not an active participant. I just <laughs> That's go healthy, for gossip. I think. But I think, the, I mean, the, the gossip on TikTok. Some some of it's so wrong, but so good. I live for it. <laughs> it's, oh my God. I love mess so much. I mean, it's the joy of life. It's just. It's heaven. I love mess. Yeah. I feel like I see a lot of like crowd work TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. Yeah. And I fear that it is like making people think they're supposed to go to comedy shows and talk to the stage. Do you feel like as someone who's doing the road that that's happening more? It well, So on one hand, I'm like, from the comics perspective, I understand why they're posting the crowd work jokes because... It's getting old. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> I, see, that's the thing. Luckily, I'm so focused on gossip that I never see a whole lot of it. But sure. if you're seeing it like that, then it... I mean, but I, I do know it's been a topic that people are like, Oh my God! Everybody has a crowd work, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But so from for, for, so a person that's working the road, it's like, oh, there was this thing that happened in this moment in time, and I'm gonna share this because this will most likely not ever happen again. But they're doing that because, well, if I'm working on a five minute set, or if I'm working on a new joke, or if I'm working on a right, half they can't hour, show that shit. then I don't want to share that right now because this joke isn't ready for a potential special or that's a potential so late night spot. So that's because they know like, yeah, I can burn through this crowd work because yeah, it's, you still get to see me being funny, but you know, you, I'm not giving away a lot of material. But then from the audience perspective, I do know, you know, I do sometimes feel that people feel like, where they're like, well, well, yeah, that's why I, 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 I'm, I'm helping. Like, there's yeah, so people many... have said that. Like, I'm helping. Well, <sighs> I'm so fucking stupid that it's never occurred to me that that's why people post crowd work because it's not burning their material. But yeah. that's so obvious. Yeah. So it's just yeah, but it's like damn, that's so <laughs> obvious. 
I've always just been like, I've always just been like, like, yes, the first part of what you said, like, oh, this is sort of like, it feels exciting because it's like spontaneous. You can't plan for it. Mm-hmm. And it show it, it showcases like a certain level of like wit and improv. But yeah. it's also like, yeah, it doesn't burn a fucking joke. Yeah, like, yeah. Because if I'm working on a new, you know, if I'm like, boom, I got to do this, you know. Totally. I'm trying to do a new, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a five minute set in the middle of this 30 minutes or I'm trying to just work on a new half hour in general. It's like, well, this joke is not ready to be seen yet. Yeah. So maybe let me just, yeah, if I, if you just see this little bullshit that I'm doing and yelling at somebody or having something that actually kind of came to be like a fun moment, then yeah, I can share that. And yeah. I still get to put out content. You still know I do stand up, but you only saw this little sliver of the right. of the show. But yeah, so that's the... So that's, you know, that's that's the why. But then, like you said, it's so many people who come to shows that are like, well, I'm just here to have a great Yeah, time. it's like, don't be like, spoken, don't speak until you're spoken to. Like, yeah. please, for the love of God. Yeah, and I, I've had to, um, what was it, somebody, they said they saw me do this one night. And they said they had never seen anybody quiet someone this way. But I just, it was somebody talking one night. And I just go, I was like, I said, just, I said, listen to me. I said, so do you see how your volume is all the way up here. I said, I just need you just to bring it down right here. And I said, and then I can continue, but you can, you're just here. And then they were like, oh, and I went, are we good? And then I just went right back to Incredible. <laughs> so, so I just remember like, you didn't yell at them. You just told them just to quiet, I, just just to bring it down a notch. Very like just second to, grade teacher. To uh, like, I used to be a corporate trainer. Oh, so, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, so I'd be like, all right, listen, we. <laughs> I'm not going to do this with any of you yeah. right now. But I'm going to keep talking, you know. 100%. So, yeah. What are the things, as someone who's done a good amount of clubs all over and whatever, what are the things you... Like, what are the things that a great comedy club does that maybe, like, a shitty club doesn't do? Like, what are the things you really want to see? This is what a a great club is going to actually take care of and care about their comics. It's it's not just a, we're just putting butts in seats because I've been to those clubs. Like, shitty clubs will be like, it doesn't matter who is on this, this calendar, you know, this week. We don't care if it's you. We don't care. We don't. We don't care at all. Totally. We just come here every weekend because we know that we are going to sell a certain amount of chicken wings right. and fries, <laughs> and that's what we're here for. And yeah. We don't care. We're not going to police the room. Yep. We're not going to do any of that stuff. But a club that actually, I mean, and, and again, I know I mentioned the seller a lot, but the seller really is like truly a gold standard. I was going to say it's kind of like the gold standard of like what a yeah, club should be doing. Because yeah. I never, I've never been there where I've been like, oh God, you know something. Because like I, I had an incident last, um, was it last April? Yeah, I can't believe it's been that long now. But um, last year in a club on the road where I am performing. I am not doing crowd work. I am doing, which even, and it doesn't matter if I was or wasn't. Totally. But someone unprovoked. No, no, no. Walked on stage while I was performing. No, no, no. And it took a while for the club to get the person off. That's a safety issue. The stage. Yes. So it was just like, I mean, the person just out of nowhere. Were they trying to talk on the mic? Like, this. I don't know if he came to attack me. It was like, this is what... It, this, oh, that must have been so scary. I'm so sorry. Listen, this is how crazy... And it, this is the thing. In the moment, I wasn't even scared because I was so confused. Like I've been there where you're like, I where you're don't... Like, yeah. I don't even know what's happening. And so 
the way the club was set up, the way he was walking, I actually assumed, I went, oh, okay, this person is late and they must be trying yeah, to get to this yeah, table. Yeah. And it was so much so that I thought they were trying to get to the table. The people that were already there, there were two other seats. They were like, pull, like oh, like pushing the menu. So they thought Stop. so too. Person comes up on stage and then he's just like, um, bitch, you not funny. You no. not funny. And he was like, I'm the one that's funny. People should be paying to see me. People should pay to see me. And then I was like, what is happening right now? And I was like, y'all, what is what is going on right now? And then he was like, no, uh, people, people pay, you know. And so eventually someone from oh, the this club. Is like, this is like a, a bruised emo ego male comic. This is so scary. <laughs> so, so this is, he was just some man in the audience with his family. Um, they come Not up. Not with his family. With his family. The clubs, finally somebody comes up and the guy was like, Sir, like you can't, you can't be up here. You gotta, you gotta go. And then he goes, Well, she was talking about if people were married, and I was coming to tell her that I was married. So that's why I'm up here. So I should be, I should be on stage. I should be doing this. That's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. And mm-hmm. I feel so bad for you that happened for to you. And I feel so bad for his kids. Like, imagine watching your father do that. Just oh, and then that is the most humiliating shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. And he went back to his seat because he thought he was just gonna get to stay and watch the rest no, of the sir, show. No, sir, you're removed from the club. You've 100%. got hundred percent. You've got to go. And so so that's what I say. So it's it's so what would a club that will take care of you that is they police the room. They yep. make sure that, you know, if somebody is out of pocket, they're going to get that person out of there. Because yeah. I've been in, again, so many clubs where they're like... Well, you have to feel safe. You have to feel safe. I gotta to feel safe. But it's some clubs, like, they won't even have... It'll, they'll just try to ask somebody on the wait staff to go, like, can you go Fuck get that off. person? No. And you're like, no. Yeah. So, so like, it's like, one, you know, get your people good accommodations, you know, yep. get, get them somewhere that is, you know, where the where no one is suspicious of you um, checking in and asking them out the gym, you know, so get a place like that. Yeah. Where, so, so just like a, a good place to um, stay, you know, make sure that um, if there's, if there's transportation to and from the club, like make sure that's, you know, yeah. happening. But again, police the room. Also, another thing, like let the comics, if they're on the road and somebody's headlining at your club, let them eat and drink, please, for the love of God. Do some places not. They'll do it, but I've seen places now that'll be like, oh, well, I have to charge you for the food. Like, Maybe. Yes. Some chicken tenders. Like, let me have the let, chicken let tenders. Me ha- there was a club I played one time, and I ordered a Red Bull on, like, a Wednesday night. And then they didn't charge me, and I was like, oh, they must have changed their policy. Like, oh, okay. The very next day, this waitress comes to me. She's almost, like, tearing up, and she's like, I got in trouble because I gave you that Red Bull last night. And I was like, what? Fuck the owners of that club. Fuck that. And she was like, so I know you had one tonight, so I have to charge you for two. She was like, she had just started working there. And she goes, she goes, I thought because the comics, she said, I thought the comics got to eat and drink for free. She was like, I didn't, I didn't know when I got in trouble. And I was like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I mean, it's not her fault. Yeah, I'm like, it's not. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll obviously pay for it. But I'm like, but yeah, there are clubs where That's I'm like, ass. at least, you know, I'm like, or, or whatever, it will give them a deep discount. But it's some places that are just like, I think that yeah. I, I would, I would have, I know we have to wrap up, but I would just say this. I ha, I would, I would hear an argument about alcohol. Oh, yeah, that's fair. You need to give yeah. them fucking dinner. Yeah, give somebody a burger. Like, just... it's You need a burger. Just, that's so asinine. Yeah. Ugh. And then pay your people well. Well, that's and it. pay the people and well. And pay you, your people well. But those It's are the, simple. Those are the main things. Just act like you care about the show. That's yes. all. That's it. It doesn't sound that hard. That's it. 
Um, this has been so, so lovely. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you for having me. Um, as a little activity at the end of every episode, okay. we plan a night out together that we might enjoy. Okay. I would love to go to one of these places in Harlem because I've been to both, but it's been years since okay. I lived uptown. Okay. I don't think I can handle doing either of those during the day digestively. <laughs> I think I have to eat them when the sun's down. Okay. All right. So which one do you think is better for a dinner? For dinner? Um, you know what? Let me see. And I'm, and I'm basing this off the sangrias alone. Boulevard Bistro dinner. Okay. Yeah. So we'll go to Boulevard Bistro for a little bit of dinner. Yeah. Some sangrias. Some sangria. And then maybe I'll take you, maybe then, how about this? We go, you'll probably have a spot that night. We'll go down and we'll. I'll take you to my favorite gay bar, Julius, in okay. the West Village, I've and we'll do a heard couple about drinks. Julius. Yes, have you ever been? I know. Perfect. So we'll go. To, we'll take the train down. Okay. We'll go to Julius. We'll have a couple of drinks, and then I'll send you on your way to this. I'll come watch you at the cellar. All right. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll get wine at the cellar. There we go. Yeah. Easy. Or their wings. Their wings are the best. Yes, I'll probably get hungry again, so I'll do both. Yes. Um. <laughs> yay! This was perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seesai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to Vinepair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 